Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Welcome to Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ K-Dub Omaha. Today, we are welcoming Iowa Western Esports. Not only their director, Bill Rossetti, but we also have Chase Mitchell, who is one of their coaches. We have two of their championship players here as well to share all about esports along with Mage 2023. Welcome, guys, to the show. How are you doing today? Bill, you are the director, but also you're a champion in your own realm. What is it like to be a part of the community college at Iowa Western and be a part of their esports uh bringing it to the area where it's like making noise. It's not only everybody talks about Iowa Western and sports, but you guys are doing things beyond sports. What's it like over there at Iowa Western? Yeah, it's awesome. I think any of our athletes will tell you the same. We have one of the best facilities in this area for a community college, and we have championship aspirations every year. Uh, We've been in existence for this will be our fourth semester, and we already have four championships. So uh, we, we bring our guys in. We expect them to compete. We expect them to do well academically as well. We have very high standards, and we have very high GPAs on the team. And our president, Dr. Kinney, is really supportive of the program and has put a lot of money into it. And we run it as a D1 athletic program. Our, our athletes get physicals. They have access to the training room and the weight room, and we have our own jerseys and whatnot. And everything that we do, the same stuff, football, basketball, cheerleading, all of them do. So – we really take it seriously, and it shows because our guys win championships. Now, I have to say, for myself and growing up with gaming, it was never at this level. It never got to this level. You guys, COVID somewhat helped a little bit of the gaming, but it also set it back a few um, because of get-togethers and the big LAN parties. Now, of course, when I grew up, uh, uh, esports was more of like a second job. You really needed to put in that time. What that does is if you're a father of four, it doesn't make it so easy to put that in. So I leave that up to the people that can put in that time. I'm not going to lie. I'm very straightforward. I almost lost my marriage only because when you want to be great at esports, you have to put in the time just as a a, a top of the line sports or any career you want to do. Chase Mitchell, obviously, you have worked with me for a long time, but you've also worked before Iowa Western with like KCP and they're out of Kansas city, Kansas city pioneers. They are beyond the college, but I tell you the level of gaming just keeps rising year after year. What's it like so far for you since you've taken that realm and now you're part of uh Reavers esports? Um, coming from, coming from the professional esports world is a lot different because I'm dealing with guys who are eight, like you talked about able to put in, eight to 10 hours a day, just grinding, grinding, grinding to be the best in the top. And here I get to come in and I can take those, um, I don't know, I can take those lessons that I've seen from those guys. I've seen what they've worked on. I've seen what they need to do. And I can impose that on the students that they come in, especially in games like Rocket League, where, you know, for KCP on that side of it, we have some of the highest level players in the world. Um, and I can bring those values and those teaching moments to the players and hopefully elevate them. Um, it's been a wild, like, coming in to meet and Bill. Like, this is my first year at Iowa Western, so it's it's been really fun. What do we have, 33 players or something? Yeah, about 34 or 5. Yeah, it's it's crazy. A few stragglers so, that were waiting to get on the roster. But I think that, that. Uh, I think you said the other day that we are the second largest sports program, technically. I believe so. I think fo- football obviously has more, yeah. but I'm not sure anyone else has 35. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Here comes baseball here soon. Like, what are you talking about? Now, you guys have brought two of your championship competitors. You have one for Mario Kart. One for gun shooter in, is that what it's called? Gun shooter, two gunfight. Two gunfight, yeah. yeah. Gunfight. So can you go in a little bit, one about your players, and one, what is two-man two gunfight? Like, I've never yeah. heard of that as a competition, but, I mean, this is junior college competition. It isn't like they just went down to the local shop and said, hey, we want to play in your game tournament. This is versus other junior colleges in the area. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got Hagen Shanka here who plays Call of Duty gunfight. Him and his partner, uh, Ethan Stewart, who is actually another assistant coach. He's uh, he's a little busy right now with newborn kids, two of them at the same time. Twins. Oh. (laughs) So he couldn't make it today. But they won uh, the gunfight championship 
And gunfight is basically Call of Duty. It's 2v2, so it's uh, a lot more intimate, a lot more strategic. Once you eliminate both players on the opposite side, your team wins that round. And to win the game, you have to win six out of 13 rounds. So it's the first of six. And Hagen is undefeated. He's 19-0. and 0. He has never lost. I can honestly say that I've never seen a better Call of Duty player in the world. And, and when level. you talk about Hagen, he's also a dual enrollment, right? You're doing high school and college. So that one's classes. actually Keller here. Oh, Keller. I knew it was one of you two. Keller is also really good. He's our <laughs> Mario Kart player. He's a, a dual enrolled athlete. So he's actually still in high school, but he's also taking college classes. Uh, and he is 19 and one in Mario Kart. So I'll let them talk a little bit more about themselves. Though. Now, when you talk about, let's start out with Call of Duty. What does it mean to go from team aspect to you and one other person? Most people like that one V one or, you know, but when you're relying on that other person to be as strong as you, what does it make it different for you compared to team and singles? So in gunfight, the two V two, you have to take into account your teammates like play style and how they play and adjust accordingly yourself. And me, when I first came in, I just played call of duty for fun. I didn't know if I was, I remember coming in at first. I was like, I don't know how good I am. I don't know. I'll be able to do much. And then I come in, we play preseason games, we lose against the defending champions, right? Then we go through the season, we build chemistry, you really get to know your teammate, and then we went undefeated and won the championship from there on. So it's really just learning each other's play style, then you have to go into the other team's play style and adjust accordingly during the match, before the match, and then everything... Where do these championships happen? So for Call of Duty, where is this held at? How many teams? What Give kind of a perspective at, uh, from the outside looking in. So the first semester we had, what, there was eight other teams? Yeah, so we play uh, online, basically. Well, we play other colleges online. And the, team, the, the championship he's referring to, that first one, was against the team that beat us the previous year in the championship. So we were able to get revenge on them. That's always good. Which was a very cool feeling. The second championship he won, we actually, it was from Central Community College in Nebraska, and they actually came to our, our studio, to our arena. We call it the GC. Okay. And we actually set up uh, an in-person tournament, so we played each other in our building. So it's kind of like a home game for like a football team or something. But that was the first time that has ever happened in our league, and we hope it happens more. Uh, the, the fact that they were so close to us made that a possibility. But we're playing teams from Pennsylvania, California, Oregon, uh, sometimes even from Canada. So it's all over the country, these teams play. And are these leagues something that, like, you as coaches can see results from other... Like, how is the access to results, the access to these teams, or is it just something where, like, if I join this chat, I can easily get in, or is it something that's pretty locked in for those junior colleges? Yeah, so our league is the National Junior College Athletic Association for Esports, the NJCAAE. And they run everything, the tournaments. Uh, they use a program called Generation Esports. And for our Tier 1 teams, which these guys are going to be a part of, they're the highest competition levels. Those uh, schedules are generated ahead of time, so we can look at our opponents, see how they do, scout them, watch past footage, make up game plans. The other tiers uh, are kind of more competitive, but less uh, championship level. So there's more of a queue-based system. So it's just if you're going to play, you come in and you queue up against the team and you play. But uh, for Tier 1, yeah, we definitely have a, an ability to scout ahead. Well, and then we get to Mario Kart. Not only are you doing high school, college classes, but you're playing a, a, a game that's super fast-paced where one simple banana pill could ruin your day. What took your interest in Mario Kart to be like, this is the game I, I can dig and this is the game I can win a championship in? Yeah, so funny thing about me figuring out that was I just played Mario Kart for fun and figured out I was really good at it. And my first semester at Iowa Western, I saw a flyer that was made by, I think, one of the team members. I think I made that flyer. <laughs> it wasn't that good. Yeah, he made the first it, So if you don't know, when it comes to these esports, the coaches in that are more active and more involved than other things because the budget isn't there. The the But also, it's more coming from the heart. You know it's coming from the person that wants this to be bigger than it is in the right fashion, not saying bigger than, than it is, but to make it something that you want to come join. So obviously his flyer got you interested. Yeah. I, I saw Mario Kart on there and I saw smash bros. And those were the two games that I played a bunch. And so I joined figured out through the preseason games. I was pretty good at Mario Kart. 
figured out through the preseason games I was all right at Smash, which now retired in that. Didn't go well last semester. <laughs> but I figured out I was good at Mario Kart. That season went fairly well. Uh, unfortunately, the regular season for it was fairly easy for me. There weren't a lot of challenging opponents, so I was not prepared when I got to the playoffs and then lost to the defending champion. But then this last season, I put in a lot more work because uh, we got cocky last season. That's kind of what cost us the win there. And so I put in a lot more work, got way better at it, just drilled a bunch of time trials and stuff, which is just me running the maps over and over and over again, figuring out what I have to do. And it ended up working out with a fully undefeated season. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, it's weird. So a lot of people know Mario Kart. Like you get into Mario Kart, you're racing eight racers on a thing. Um, when these guys are doing it, it's 1v1. It's oh, just okay. those two on the track racing against each other, like going at it. And so his game in particular, his championship game was a very intense game because it went to a game seven. It's best of seven. So is each four. one a different map each time? Yeah. The loser okay. of the previous race picks the new map. So I think you were up three, one, right? Or yep. you were up two, one. I was up three, one, and lost two, lost two. And we went to a game seven and that was just a heart stopping race. And it was, you won by like what seconds? Like, Barely. It was, I believe, a quarter or half of a second that okay. I won by. It was within milliseconds. So yeah, he, he won that championship with half of a second, which is a credit to his opponent because they were very good too. And then hey, that, yeah. that was right after the gunfight one as well. So we went from the gunfight game. Yeah, same day. It was The other team was still there. We walked out there and went and watched on a big projector, and it gave us that scare when he was up 3-1. And we were all there and watched it right after we won the gunfight one. So, so I think cool one experience. of the number one fads that's sometimes hard for people to realize is watching others succeed or others do games. What what do you think has drawn that to be more of like pe where people watch the YouTubes? I mean, I, I got coworkers that will sit there for hours and watch Overlook. They'll watch anything someone playing. What do you think has really driven that part of your games? Because just as you said boom, we got done with ours and we're ready to watch the next thing and, and, and the excitement behind it. What do you think is the, the drive behind all that? So I know coming out of my games, he's my teammate and I want to cheer him on. I was just two championships one day, pretty cool. So going out there and watching it happen was a really fun experience. And I know we stream on Twitch and whatnot and having family members watch who don't even know anything about the game. They learn and then they get interested in it and just watching others play a game you might enjoy. And you might even learn how to get better at the game watching other people play as well. I like that, getting little yeah. pointers from each of them. Yeah, I get that question all the time. You know, they'll see me watching someone on YouTube or Twitch, and they're like, why are you watching video games? Like, can't you just go play them? It's like, well, you can go play football. Why are you watching the NFL? <laughs> There's no difference, right? There's no difference in reality. Watching the reason I watch video games is because they're enjoyable and I love seeing incredible plays. I want to see the the best people out there do the greatest things. Yeah, and I can pick up little things in the games that I play specifically and then pass those on to the students themselves. Like in you know, if I'm seeing small little jump ups that you can make, then I see, or in Halo, for instance, there's a lot of weird jump ups that you can do. I can pass those along to the Halo team and be like, hey guys, this is a more fluid way to move around the map. Um, and you know, and most people when you explain it to them that way, you're like, hey, do you, you like watching soccer? Yeah, I love playing soccer and I watch it great. There's no there's nothing different. Nothing different. Just uh this is on YouTube and you could still watch games on YouTube. Right. So Bill, when you think back to when you first started just the gaming part, what do you think has changed in parents and the actual reality of people watching people play games. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's not always looked as a positive thing. Right. Oh, you're just drowning yourself in games. But it's slowly gaining the strength to get better and better each time to know, man, if my son or daughter is really good at this, I should support them just as I do with football. What has been changing? I mean, as a coach, you've got to notice these things. Yeah. And to be honest, there's a stigma around video gaming that, it is for lazy people. It is for people who don't want to go outside and do other things. Um, and I think what I've learned with a lot of the parents that I've talked to is that they are very encouraging. I mean, maybe they're kind of part of that traditional lifestyle to start, at least in their knowledge and their thinking. But once they see, like, like video games teaches a lot of things, like having a good team mentality, 
you know, being able to make quick decisions, leadership roles, stuff like that. And just the ability these guys have is insane. Like you give me any athlete and, you know, they could run a mile in under four minutes or whatever, but like, can they quick scope a, a duty call of duty <laughs> and like a flick of the wrist? No, I, I, like, I it, like the comparison. It's, it's, it's different things. And, and just because one is more athletic based and one is more mind based, you know, there is that stigma there. But I think a lot of our parents, uh, I remember meeting your mom for the first time. And like, I think the first thing I said to her was like, I was like, thank you for letting him play video games <laughs> because it was right after we won that championship. And, like they just get good at it, and I think if the parents support their student or their 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 kids, uh, and that gains them more confidence to to be better at the game. Yeah, because I know when I was first joining, or I would play games before, I would tell them because these days, like gaming, you can actually have opportunities like other sports to go pro and make money off of it and whatnot. And I know the first time I told my parents, like, "Hey, I'm getting a scholarship for playing esports at Say school." Say that louder, because I I think that's <laughs> something people don't understand. Money called a scholarship to help with college and still enjoy what you love to do. Like, that's what I love sharing about this whole thing. And that's why I told Chase a long time ago, uh, before he ever became an Iowa Western uh, coach for you guys, is I just want parents, whether it's one parent that listens, one kid that listens, to go, man. There's opportunities. Everybody's willing to tell kids, go out for tennis, go out for golf. Those are easy scholarships. But how about you go out for something that they enjoy, something that they really can compare to? When you think back to when you first started gaming, what was your first game that you remember back to? And uh, what what drew you to gaming over some of the other things? So my memory only goes back to, I remember getting, my dad got an Xbox. We got like an Xbox for Christmas. And I believe one of the first games we got was either either world at war or black ops one and i would always play split screen with them in the basement all day and then there was a point where i started getting like better than him and then we (laughs) played mad yeah that don't i don't let that (laughs) happen in the household that happens quickly (laughs) my daughter is 10 years old doing things and i'm just like (laughs) yeah i do everything i can at one point it just got to the point where he wouldn't play with me because in madden i would i beat him like a hundred and nothing once he wouldn't play anymore (laughs) And then COD, we play split screen. And I remember like I was on Nuketown one time with like almost 100 and he was at there at 20 and he's just like, you're like cheating or something, even though we're on split screen. You see everything <laughs> I'm doing. I got gotcha. you. Well, we, well, we were like on the same team and I was just like doing everything. And he was just like, you're cheating. Like I can't. <laughs> Man, so anything. I take it he don't pick up the sticks no more when you're around. Uh. No, not all. Not, he won't play with me like or against me or anything anymore. It's just not All right, fair. Xbox, PC, or PlayStation 5? Okay, I started my fir- I started on Xbox. I used to play on PlayStation 2, but I wouldn't play like COD or anything on there. But I played Xbox 360, went to Xbox One, and I only relatively recently went to PC. I got like a gaming laptop, which kind of sucked, but it was like in like 2020-ish. It's when I started on PC, and then I started went to the GC and actually played on an actual PC bef- like for the first time. PC Master Race. I, I agree. <laughs> All right. What do you remember from your past uh, as far as your your game where you started and, and uh, got your gaming career going? Your past from three years ago. I know, three <laughs> years ago. Young Buck up in here. <laughs> well, so I, I, I didn't really have that like traditional family experience growing up with... Um, being big into sports and stuff. We were always more of the video game family. So I grew up with a lot of Nintendo consoles like GameCube, DS, 3DS, Wii U, Wii, all that stuff. And one of the earliest games I remember playing is Mario Kart Double Dash or Smash Bros. uh, on the GameCube. And so that's kind of what first started me on those Nintendo games. And I've really loved those Nintendo experiences. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I love how they even came out with, obviously, the compact original Nintendo with all the games that you can go back and play. I mean, you just hear the noises of the Marios, and you hear the noises of the Mario Karts. You hear the, ah, you know, all that stuff just rings in your head. You're like, just brings back memories. Sexy Bill, back in time, right? Man. Dude, too much. Bill, where did you start, and what all got you into gaming? Mm, so... Show us your age, Bill. <laughs> Back in 1993. Uh, <laughs> cool. I started with Sega Genesis. That was my first set. Okay. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I actually got Sonic on my leg right now. All right. So 
Oh, okay. I'm not gonna be able to get this pant leg now, so it's gonna look weird for the rest of the podcast. He's he's not a gang member, I promise. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I played all the games. I played the first COD, played the first uh, Smash Brothers. I actually still play that with my friends back at home when I go home. Uh, they're really good. I think one of my friends is one of the best in the world. I don't think he even does tournaments. He's just that good. And that's the original Smash. Um, I'm really into like RPGs though, so like games we don't have, like Elden Ring and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'll play anything other than MOBAs. <laughs> other fighters. than MOBAs. Yeah, other than MOBAs. Oh, no. Chase, what about yourself? Obviously, now you're more on the coaching side of it. You still get to enjoy a little bit, but where did it all start for you when it came to games? Um, So for me, it was the first time I played video games, it was my dad playing Mario on Nintendo. Okay. Uh, the original Mario on Nintendo. And I used to just play Luigi and we would just run it. And my dad was fantastic, but it only took me like a week. And I was just running. He kind of still plays games a little bit here and there, but not really. And I just like latched onto it. Um, I I've played Atari. I played the original Pong with the two dials. Like it's wild. Um, it's wild to see where gaming has come from for sure. Um, I originally was competing in Halo. I, you know, I've been to MLG and stuff like that, and it was it was wild. So uh, mine goes way back. God, I don't know. It was probably in the ni- 1990. Yes. Yeah, making fun of you showing my age. Yeah, where I'm, I, I don't I'm 39, so I've been playing it for a little while now. So I, I don't have to lie. Mine starts, I mean, even on like my dad was a swapper. And if you don't know what that is, I know nowadays they call it copyright, whatever, but they used to get together with a computer, Commodore 64 back in the day, then Amiga 500. And these guys would just sit around and they're just handing discs to each other. You're getting all these games, all these programs. And it just grew. Pirating before yeah, pirating, pirating was big. Like, and the worst <laughs> is you never thought of it. And it took like probably about 10, 15 years ago. I go, man, my dad's been pirating since Christ was a child. I mean, you got VHS with five different movies on it. I mean, and, you know, it's just thinking that far back. It just brings back that childhood of the gaming, the PlayStation, where all of a sudden you could I had to run mine upside down, but it could play any disc that I wanted. <laughs> like, I mean, and just the things that they've done with these games. But uh, I was an Xbox person all the way through um, Xbox One. I was original 500 uh, Xbox Live members with Street Beats 01. I actually got a shirt. They gave all this stuff like before it actually went live. Um, but then it came to where, like I said, it was like a second job. I was doing it all the time. My favorite game is, and maybe you might know, maybe you might not, was Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Okay, yeah. Off the Xbox. Like, I love the fact of, I'm just like yourself, where to me, what I get it from the gaming side is the teamwork. I go right to multiplayer. I'm not a big do the the campaign. Why? Because I like the interaction to be able to see how good Bill is, how good Chase is, and, and work together. My Xbox got the three rings of death, as many do, right? Gosh, three rings of death. I think I had three or four of them that did that. Mine took forever, though. It took forever. It It took for, yes, I wrapped it in a towel. In a towel. towel. So I take the Xbox and uh, I have friends playing World of Warcraft and they're like, oh, you should play this. I'm like, nah, man, I don't want that dumb game. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. I got my Xbox. I'm good. can't let Josh watch this podcast. But, Uh, hold on. But it gets better. All of a sudden, the three rings of death comes, and I'm sitting there without a system, and I start World of Warcraft. That was probably the game that almost got me close to a divorce. I'm blessed. Thank you, my wife, for still being with her because it was, you have to farm on Tuesday, farm on thursday just so you can raid on saturday sunday i got all the way to level 80 with this mage or this uh with this paladin where i was their lead tanker the lead healer and then they even gave me the number one ret set back then at at level 80 and then two weeks later i just quit i just quit (laughs) because you have because (laughs) of that aspect of family when you look at the aspect of family, I know you have a family. I don't know about you, but I know Chase does. How do you find the time and how do you explain even to your players to understand if you want relationships outside of this, 
you got to know where to draw your lines. So I was in a similar situation as you uh, back when I was at the tail end of my Navy career. Um, the girl that so I you're serving the, the country and you're trying to play games and have a relationship. Go ahead. That man. Halo montage that you saw I did when I was in the Navy. Um, so uh, I realized at some point the I played WoW too, and uh, my guild that I was in we raided four times a week from 8 p.m. to midnight and that ended my relationship um and that's a reason I don't play World of Warcraft anymore I effectively stay away from those styles of games because they they suck me and I am a but the 25 people together and knowing that you all did the same thing, yeah. like that's a hype energy the that I cel- like. Yeah, the celebration moments when you're clearing content that you died on 70 times because it was glitched and you knew it was glitched, but you still wanted to run it to try to beat it. Yeah. Like, you've just got 25 guys in a VC just exploding because they fucking did it. And it, it, those moments feel incredible, right? It's just probably the same moments that you guys feel when you win your championships. Like you win and you're just like, going crazy. Um, nowadays it's, it's a lot more simple. You know, my, my girlfriend doesn't mind the video game stuff. She encourages it. You know, if it wasn't for her specifically, like the, the women's league and rocket league would have never been created. Like she was very supportive of that when, um, she found out all those things. Um, and you and I had this conversation on the way here when we talked about, you know, time, putting time into the game. Because if you're not going to put that time in, there is another competitor that will. And uh, I'm going to reference an interview that happened uh, a few weeks ago at the FIFA World Championships. Um, uh, Chad Ochocinco was there, right? He And he got asked the question, is it harder to go pro and win a championship in esports or in the NFL? And he sat there for a second and he thought about it and he said, esports. And that was mind-blowing to the guy. He's like, whoa, why, do, why would you say that? Yeah, I mean, you're an NFL prospect, right, uh, you, you know. Um, and he was like, well, think about it. In the NFL, you know, there's 32 teams, you know, whatever. Do the math. He's so roughly 1,600 guys. I have to be better than those guys. He's like, you want to be a champion in your eSport? You got to be better than the world. And if you're not putting in that time to be that person, to be the best in the world, somebody else is. And... I know that, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of parents out there that are like, I don't want my kid playing video games and stuff like that. Um, but I, world I, I, championships in this world for video games are millions of dollars. The Rocket League World Championship just ended. I believe that was, you know, $5 million prize pool or something like uh, that. If you go look up the prize pools on some of these, you know, esports, they're wild. Dota 2 has. Forty million dollar prize pool. Well, and that's a and Dota two is like, a game from what Warcraft three uh, mod. But I mean, it's it's how old now? It's right. it's it's old and it's still pulling in this high money. Bill, for yourself, how does this all relate to you? What what all uh, what do you have for these young guys that are obviously still trying to fit life and gaming together? Yeah, I mean, you guys got a long way to go before life starts getting real for you. Uh, and like I said, I pride our, our, our program on academics as well. Yeah. So as a teacher myself, my, my first thing is make sure your grades are good and then make sure you're competing well in esports. <clears throat> for Actually, me, the tiered system for that. Yeah. For they have to maintain certain GPAs to even play two titles yeah, and or three titles. Yeah. And that's one of the things we do to like kind of alleviate them because he wants to play like four different games. And to be fair, to, to be fair, you did say it was okay for me to do gunfight and COD four v four after I said I want to do Mario Kart, Overwatch, and COD. I like this. So like you this. added on that fourth being okay. Every day. And so yeah. I assumed, oh, it's part of the same game. Must be all right. Yeah, he's old enough. I got me a new COD player. So. <laughs> well, I nipped that in the butt as soon as I figured out my mistake. <laughs> Nevertheless, we don't want them to play too many games because you got to put time into the game to be good at it. So if you're missing practices, you're not showing up, you're not putting in the work, you're doing bad in school, you know, we have a no tolerance policy for that. You know, I don't care if you've won a championship or not. You know, if your homework comes first and then you put the time in to, to work at it. But, you know, you've already been looking at other schools in their esports programs, right? So yep. you're using esports as a catalyst to even get further 
uh, scholarships and whatnot. And I would recommend you do the same. You know, there's opportunities out there. Well, and that's Especially. what I like about Iowa Western is, I mean, they're they're that JUCO route that many talk about, whether it's baseball, football, basketball. But when you also can talk it from an esports coach, knowing that okay, I got some championship winners that want to continue. You have choices. You could be the guy that tries to hold back. Or you can be, no, just keep going. Whatever you get to the highest point, you know that you did your part in that stepping stone. And when you think of what Iowa Western has brought with the gaming side, what is it that other colleges might be lacking to get them even to be competitive? Well, I'm not going to go and crap on a bunch of colleges, but I will say that for us in particular, we put uh, our esports on the same level as our other sports. So a lot of colleges, when they're forming their esports programs, and even a lot of them that are in our league, are at the club level. So that, like, you know, oh, I want to join a gaming club in school, and we'll play Smash Brothers on Friday nights and stuff. You know, that that level is where you know you show up, you play, whatnot, and then you go. And our school has some stuff like that too. We have like one-off tournaments at our school just for fun. The casual gamers will play that. But if you really want to compete at the highest level, you, number one, you need to put money into it. And like I said, our gaming center is one of the best in the area because our president really believes in esports and put the money in. Now, does it have PC, us. Xbox, and place? What's all the yeah, setup? So if we have 40 ask. PCs. Uh, each one of them has two monitors. Uh, and then inside we got 16 gigs of RAM, 1060 or 3060 uh, graphics cards. Uh, all the They can run pretty much any game. Sevens. Okay. They're all beefy computers, yeah. basically. And we also have four OLED switches. For Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, um, we don't have any PS5s, and that's not because we can't get them because we could. It's just because most of the games we play are PC crossplay, so we just use the PCs. The only ones that don't right now are Madden and FIFA. Actually, no, FIFA is now crossplay. Madden and 2K, NBA 2K. So those are actually turning crossplay once Madden 24 comes out, which I think it came out last week. I was gonna say I know I it's so, yeah. it's late August, so yeah, so. That one will be on the PC as well. So there's no games that we can't play on a PC other than Switch games. And yeah, you use your controller. Yeah. Like, and, like, yeah, our, our guys bring in their own controllers if they want. You, he brings in his own keyboard and mouse now. So, I mean, we, we offer it for them. Uh, we offer headsets, keyboards, mice. Um, and if they want to bring in their own stuff, they're welcome to as well. What's a practice schedule for the week like for you guys? It so doesn't depend on the game. Does it depend on the person? Yeah. So I make my captains pick the, pack, uh, the practice schedules. So I'll let them talk about that. Well, that's actually funny because me and Ethan, who's he was my teammate. He's now a coach now. We just set up like a schedule on a sheet to figure it out. And since you got the caught as what, nine, ten players, something like that. Yeah, we have a lot of ten players. This it's... Year. Yeah. It's a little difficult to set up a time for everyone with classes and work, but sometimes you have to make some people have to make a sacrifice to be there. But you, we go in the Discord, we figure out all the times people don't have classes and whatnot, and it's usually a two-hour practice ish one day, and then we usually have two hours before the game to practice as well, just to get warmed up and all whatnot. Right. But for their credit, I see them playing at like after hours too. Like yeah, they'll yes- play together afterwards. Yesterday we grind. The practice was four thirty to six thirty, but we ended up playing like four thirty to nine. So yeah, it's it's got to be easy when everything's right there to get lost in those times to continue to get better. You're just like, okay, I don't have to go nowhere. Here it is. It's a dedication. And when you look at it relative to school, how do the teachers take it? What does some of your professors say about it? Is there is there support from that side of it? Well. He's my teacher for like well, everything. For everything, so. okay. I support him. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't He's have. I can't, I can't put so. much say in that. I, I think a lot of the teachers understand that too. I mean, you have some very like supportive ones with uh, the college early ed one with Dr. Matthews and stuff. Yeah, um, one of my teachers uh, from fall semester last year, I believe, who is right down the hall from our little hangout room for the program that I'm a part of. Uh, his name is Mr. Bauer. He he's really supportive of the esports program. So every time I was coming into class each week, he was asking me how it was going, what it was looking like. Uh, he congratulated me when I won the championship. He was in that Twitch stream actually for the championship. And yeah, we've had teachers and even administration like Dr. Kinney in our Twitch streams, like cheering on, talking in chat. See, and I I think sometimes 
the public doesn't realize, and it don't matter whether it's teachers, parent, how important this little part of it is. It not only keeps him involved in the esports, but then he grows in your program in whatever class he's in for you because he's like, this guy cares. This guy wants to know one little thing. And I only say it because I took a crew. I, I dispatched life flight helicopters part-time, and I took a crew the other day, and, and I haven't talked to this guy for a while. And he goes, hey, man, I checked out your last podcast. And I'm like, like and he's from New York, you know, and he's not, it's not like someone I know like face-to-face or even someone that I've said, hey, check this out. And I think that's that's a difference maker is when – People realize these things. They bring it to your attention without you having to go out and do it because they know how much you love it. So then they're investing more in you. When you have that support, it's got to make the class easier, right? It's got to make you want to do it. Yeah. And we push our athletes. I know, Bill, you talk about it a lot. Go to the football games. Go to the volleyball and basketball. Support those teams. And the idea is that they will come and support us, too. Right. We want all the students that we can in our Twitch streams, like rooting on our guys, like we hope that they make it. And the cool thing about that is, is we have to go to a football game to support them. Right. They can support us from home. Yeah. They can turn on their PC and just leave it on and just be like, oh, damn, Keller just wrecked that guy. That was awesome. You know, and then he might walk around campus doing something maybe be like hey i saw that I was fucking great <laughs> it's the little things like that has that happened to you guys yet has anyone like random been like oh that was crazy i had a guy uh he didn't say anything about like the streams or something but in in my class in my chemistry class this semester first week second class he's like oh so what's the esports team like because i was wearing the jersey and i simple yeah. yeah, and so free as free advertisement, as coach says, right? These are yeah. new this year too. Brand new. First year we had jerseys. Yeah, uh, very excited about them. They yeah. look sweet. Yeah, because I I work at like the cyber library at the school also, and uh, Sarah, her she's like the head of the cyber library thing. She was like, "Hey, I saw that you won the championship and whatnot," and I think she watched some of the stream of the. She's actually Mr. Game. Bauer's wife. Oh, oh, yeah. Even yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. She knows all about it. Mr. Bauer and I play pickleball on Friday. Shout out to Bauer. Hey, <laughs> man, I tell you, that pickleball is coming up, and, and they're actually putting that in park, so it's good to see that. When you think of your gaming history, how did you come across your gamer tag, Sir Wilhelm? Sir Wilhelm. Uh, I don't know. I think growing up, I just never had a good gamer tag. Like I never like had one that stuck. I would have random ones throughout the years. And then when I decided to start gaming, it was probably pandemic time when I just really focused on gaming hard. Uh, <clears throat> I was like, I just got to pick one that works for me. And that's when I made my Twitch channel. And I was like, I'm really into like medieval stuff. So like, sir, uh, that's where that came from. Like Game of Thrones type stuff. and Like all those kind of games, like those RPGs I was talking about. And then my name's Bill, so William, so Wilhelm. I thought that was a cooler way to say William. I like how it all so, rolls, too. That's where it came from. The logo looks pretty cool, too. Yeah, my buddy uh, made that logo for me. Shout out Triforce Dad. <laughs> Chase, how about for yourself? How did you come across uh, Kilk? Um, I get this question a lot. Um, I am one of probably those rare gamers that has never changed their gamer tag since I made it. I had the uh, on originally on Xbox Live, um, I was Kilk. And I, I don't know. I was in middle school when I made that, I think. So I'm 39 now. Like, I've never changed my gamer tag. It has never not been Kilk. Um, and the only, and it was so long ago. I just, the only thing I remember was me and my buddy just like trying to make, figure out something to call ourselves. And for some reason, we were like huge Jet Li fans back then. Okay. And for some reason, it stuck in my head Kilk Jet Li. And I just made Kilk. I don't know why. I was middle school. So. <laughs> like more confused than when i started this i am too that's why that's why when people this is the only thing i remember from back then so when people ask me that i'm like i, I don't know i made it when i was like 12 and i and did it just stuck with i've me. been that ever just since it happened yeah but. all right go ahead okay so i've had a lot of gamer tags because i kind of had like i couldn't i was like him i didn't like them so like at first it was something like zomo hollow which was like all my siblings names but i didn't make it that was my dad and then I went to like me and my friends would always play together. We played Rainbow and we kind of all wanted like a clan thing. Yeah. So it was like go easy. And then I had at first I had like Jinx and I changed it a couple times. And I was like, I have to pick a name eventually if I want to be like more serious about gaming stuff just to get a name. So yeah. I went with like Getsugo, which is 
from an anime called Bleach. It's my favorite show. And I was like, this sounds cool. It's pretty and, unique. Well, and once you win a national championship, like you can't yeah, change I it. I mean, now you're known <laughs> for that name. That yeah, once I once I got into Eastwood, like I'm stuck with it. And I, I like it. People in games because like it's in the show it's the name of like a move he uses like gets to get ten show and when i join games people say like ten show after in the chat and i think it's pretty cool so hey, i've yeah, kept I like it. it you excited that they're bringing that they're brought back the final season yeah i've been watching it recently i was like because i started watching it a little before they announced that i didn't watch it like when it came out because i was like before i was born but yeah, it's an old <laughs> i was i've like started watching it and then i heard that i was like oh that's pretty cool and then I just kept the name. Yeah, there's a lot of things that people keep bringing out again and again. That's that's pretty cool. That are that we're like, yeah, man, this is original. Yeah, the the anime that he's talking about, they did all their arcs, and then the final arc they never made. And now, what is it? Ten years later, after the show ended, yeah, they're finally it was ten years that. later. They're gonna do the. They're doing the final arc. Okay, so all right. The fans are going crazy for it. How'd you come up with yours? Okay, so. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, Chase. I haven't really ever changed my name. The only time I had to was on the Nintendo Switch, where it only allows a certain amount of characters. And then this last season, actually, they said my original name was inappropriate for some reason. There's and they're done nothing, that. Nothing wrong with it. And so I had to swap it to Big K, and that's the first time ever. Uh, but December 25th, 2012, so Christmas of 2012, I got Minecraft for Christmas, and that is when I decided my username. And I was just going through a bunch of names. Everything I was trying was taken. And then I finally settled on Killer Keller C, which is really dumb, really simple. It's just Killer Keller and then my last initial. That's it. And it has lasted 11 years now. Until I banned it. Now you're the peeler. I'm, the, I'm glad that you peeler. brought that up because I was going to say, being the coach, how do you have to regulate some of the gamer tags? Because I know <laughs> when the- I was their age, oh boy, my goal was to make something that might be questionable at yeah. that time. You should have seen some of the like, ha- like almost all the COD players' gamer tags. All of them the had COD to be people. changed when they joined. Yeah. So luckily, I don't have to regulate it. The NJC has a rule, okay. which allows. Or not allows it, which makes us so that we can't have inappropriate names. So I'll just send them the rule book and be like, "Hey, if you want to play, you got to change your name." Uh, yeah, didn't Con Man have to change his? Yeah, he was oh, armed, yeah. armed student. He was armed, armed, armed student, and they were like, "Not happening." Yeah, and so <laughs> now he's student Con Man. Yeah, basically, you just don't want anything with violence in there in terms of especially school violence. Uh, I gotcha. That all makes bigotry, sense. All that stuff. We don't want any of that. And this happens at a pro level too. Yeah. Um, one mean, of gaming in and of itself is toxic. There's a lot of toxic people out there. And even when we were playing a team that we were dominating them. They were yeah, like, I was just this we like, were, we were playing a team a last scrim, week. Last yeah. week. And they were like teabagging us after they got a kill. And we're and like scoreboard the sco- guys. The score, we ended up beating them like 250 to like 30 or something the first game. And they were still shooting bodies and stuff. Yeah, it's and it's like, like, like that thing, like shooting bodies, doing teabags. Uh, you know, FF's in the chat. Well, oh. before we get to Mage Talk, I'm going to ask on that one, though. Yeah. How does that go in the competition for, like, the championships and stuff? So, because I know if I go pick up the sticks and I get that 17-year-old, 14-year-old, they're constantly cussing, throwing things at me. Hence, sometimes why I'm iffy if I get back on the sticks. Yeah. But in competition, you're still going to have that talk, right? You're still going to have a little bit, but... Yeah. There's got to be some it's just regulation. Like in traditional sports, you know. I mean, there's chatter back and yeah. forth. Most there's there's the trash talk on the yeah. on the field, and and I mean, some of our guys have trash talked. We try not to allow them to do that. We, we have very strict rules about that. I mean, there's been times where I've like I've been in the stream suite watching the stream, and our guys would do something bad, and I would walk in there after the stream ended and just curse them out. And was like, let them know that that's not acceptable. Yeah, it's not a but bar. I think like with captains like Kagan and, and some of our other captains, they kind of police all that too and make sure their guys are under control. I mean, sometimes things happen like when they're teabagging us. You know, we just keep our head down, let them teabag us. We're up hundred points on them. So yeah, that's. I wanted to add on that scrim that we were playing. We got like two games in before the team. One of the main people messaged me and were like, "Hey, we don't think we're getting much out of this because our team's not anywhere near your team's level." And then we stopped playing. So I guess 
I don't know why they're shooting bodies and stuff at that point, but they're probably just frustrated, I imagine. And Kilk has a, has a drink rule where if you're gonna say something, instead take a drink of your drink. Yeah. So okay, so that's that a good way to. One of the things that I learned throughout my time in just esports is um, during emotional times, you know, when you're losing and stuff, you want to have that outburst, right? You want to say, you know, let's say we're playing together and he messes up bad and we lose that round because he messed up bad. There's a lot of players out there who are going to want to like jump down their throat. He knows that he messed up. I don't, I don't need to be like, yo, you fucked up. Like we lost. Yeah. I don't need to do that. So during those times, especially in games like League of Legends or in Rocket League or probably even in Gunfight, you could do this. I made it a rule that my players in the esports that I'm coaching have to have a drink next to them. Because like League of Legends, for instance, if I die, I want to scream at the jungler because he should have been there to help me. Instead, I'm taking a drink. I'm not bringing my team's mental down in those moments. We can talk about that play after the game's over. But in the meantime, let's stay focused. Let's concentrate. If I'm taking a drink of water, I can't be talking shit to my teammates. That's, yeah, that's, really the way it that's a big to. thing with even like gunfight 2v2, just having the mentality to play. Like me and Ethan, we were we worked well together. We meshed together well. So if we one of us messed up, we'd just be like, hey, don't like make sure you do this. We don't want to yell. But there's certain teams where I think there was a team in gunfight last semester. They had game chat on so they could hear them. We could hear them arguing between rounds, and it's a mess. And even with but see, that should turn it up for you. That should go okay. We got them right where we want them. They're frustrated. They're not thinking, and they're digging in. That's another thing we could do as well: turn off their game chat. So if they're saying stuff taunting us, you know, we just don't have to listen to it. That's what I do for ranked play. I don't have voice chat on for other people, so I can't hear the toxicity. Well, see, for you, it's 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 that racing mentality of I gotta zoom in. I gotta be right here. I'm not looking off. My my peripherals are straightforward as much as possible. Well, yeah, and uh, with Mario Kart, actually, it's funny. Um, on the toxicity subject, there is none. There's there's no toxicity in Mario Kart. You say Mario Kart has a lot of like good players there. I feel bad talking badly about a Mario Kart player because they're just so nice. In fact, <laughs> one of one of my matches in the playoffs last season. The dude was hyping me up. He said, I'm just happy I got to play against the number one seed. And I'm like, dude, don't hype me up. You're going to be the downfall of me by telling me I'm good. Yeah. That was Cod- all I was just going to say he had that <laughs> plan. Yeah, Cod's the complete opposite, I'd say, most of the time. <laughs> 99% of the time. Us older gamers all remember the old Cod lobbies, the old oh. Halo lobbies. Modern like, Warfare 2 lobbies. Yeah, they oh, were wild boy. If you, if, you weren't, if you weren't at a 1.0, boy, you did not want to hit. And that's Nowadays, even low. Even on the professional level, they're cracking down on even things like teabagging. I believe someone in Valorant recently at, on the pro level got suspended for teabagging somebody in a game and they were like nope you're you're not doing that anymore it's definitely something that's not allowed in our program yeah it's why they've you. shifted to shooting God bodies help you if i see you do it well, it's why they've shifted to shooting bodies now it's the idea of he died and now normally, i'm gonna put bullets in them well yeah normally right you lay there for a second like sitting there and you can see the guy run my and keep going just a mess with you well what i like is we got into esports we got into the college part now let's go to mage okay mage came back in 2021 right after covid this was one of the biggest events around here obviously i didn't feel like everything was promoted right i didn't feel like there was enough knowledge that it was here i think back then it was more leaded towards you had a few colleges but you also had some teams that just came into play uh, a big mixture of everything amon green obviously a husker legend here but what people didn't know is he was also a esports coach. Now he's an esports coach at UNL. I was gonna say, I think he runs their program. He now. just got there yeah. as far as January. He was with Lakeland Let me know when... if you want to scrim. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Amon. Let's go, Amon. He was with Lakeland at Mage. Yeah, and then he left Lakeland so, yeah. uh, and moved down to Nebraska. He's now their esports director. And so when you look at the what Mage is and what it's bringing, what is the biggest thing this year? Here next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, you're gonna have. Which games all presented on each day? Um, so, obviously, we didn't have Mage last year. Um, but Mage is coming back this year. Uh, first Mage, we had Rocket League. We had Valorant. Um, I think those were the only two, if I remember correctly. Um, from a competitive title. This year, we're keeping Rocket League. And I want to say, Herdat Sports 
actually was at the very first yeah. page. That was a fun part of it. I sat down it. and did a podcast with Cam on there. It was great. Um, this year, we're keeping Rocket League. That's okay. it's, a, it's a very big collegiate esport. We're bringing Overwatch 2 in. Um, that's also a huge collegiate esport. There's tons of Overwatch. Um, I didn't know that until I got here. I wasn't a big Overwatch guy, but I walked in here and then I see some of the stuff. I mean, we have how many? 11 Overwatch players or 11, something? Yeah. Like it's wild, and this is at, um tons of colleges are like this. Um, and we're also Both of you guys play Overwatch too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um, and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is coming, um, to Mage, and all of these titles have you know two thousand dollar prize pools. We've invited all the local uh, colleges and even the surrounding colleges. You know, we've got uh, some guys coming up from Kansas City to play. I know uh, there's some Smash players coming from like Chicago and stuff. Like it's it's pretty big. Um, the big difference this year is instead of it being in the arena and in the ballroom where and in the um, I don't know what the, the corridor the concourse the concourse, concourse. Yeah. yeah this year the entire event's taking place in the arena. Okay. So the games will be on stage all the time, running all day. Um, there'll be. Uh, a gamer section where there's like 50 PCs or something so that the other teams who aren't currently playing on stage can continue to play and warm up and stuff like that. So it's going to be pretty wild. I'm uh, Rocket League takes place September 9th, I believe, and Overwatch is on September 10th, and then we're doing Smash. We're expecting to be a lot of Smash players. It's a pretty popular game locally. Um, day one is just going to be up until we get top eight, and then we're going to do top eight on Smash day two. Okay. What does this mage do for Iowa Western and what's your guys' involvement from a coach's level? So my involvement is to get our guys to participate. <laughs> um, I actually just got the role of head coach in, the, in summer and that's when the mage stuff started kicking off. So I'm doing what I can, but I kind of have to focus on our team. But we do have our team set up. We got Smash players ready to go. Our Overwatch teams are going to be competing and then our Rocket League team will be there as well. Um, but for for what Mage does is it kind of gets everyone's eyes open to the world of esports, you know, the world of gaming. And as we talked about earlier with the parents not really understanding the benefits of gaming, I think Mage is a good way to kind of see the the camaraderie live and in, like in person because, you know, when the teams are doing well, they don't see that. They see the gameplay and then maybe like an interview afterwards. But, you know, the high-fiving, the, the, the hooting and hollering, the, the excited feeling that you're going to get when you when you watch those teams play in Mage. I think that just opening <clears throat> esports up to the Midwestern area and kind of making it feel like a tournament from uh, you know a place where like a popular area like Vegas or something, that's kind of the goal of Mage. And, set the uh, atmosphere right. Set it where right. people want to see it. For you guys, what are, what are you guys looking to get out of Mage? And have you been to the last one in 2021? So I didn't go to the last one, but I've never personally I've never been to like a big gaming like event expo thing like that before. So this will be my first experience, and I actually be playing in it. To get that experience, hopefully I can go to more things like that in the future, like pro stuff. What game know. are you going to play for, so for Iowa I'm, Western? I'm also on the Overwatch team, so I'm in like both the CODs and Overwatch, so I'll be playing Overwatch. Okay. And for yourself? I also did not go to the last mage, but I've done a couple Net Wars, which is a pretty popular giant LAN party around here. So I understand kind of that feel of just the big giant space being filled with a bunch of gaming and all that stuff. Um, I don't think I'm playing. We only have one Overwatch team. I think we might do our second Overwatch team as well. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk about that. There's another tournament that we're discussing too. So we're going to see how everything falls into line. All right. So yeah. if you're not playing, you'll be volunteering. So yeah, they're working. That was the plan already. Mage is being run by Iowa Western this year. So they will be basically our esports guys. If they're not actively competing, they're going to be working the event with. So that's good for everybody. That way, if you have a son, daughter looking into esports, these guys will be there for questioning. How can they find you guys? And uh, what's the link to get tickets for Mage? So you know the link for Mage. MageIowa.com. Go check it out. That's where uh, you can sign up there. It'll take you to links to the Eventbrite page. There should be links to the Discord as well, where you can ask any questions that you might have. Um yeah, and we'll all be there. <clears throat> we'll have a table there for Iowa Western Esports. Uh, we'll be recruiting, all, obviously, for our, our academic programs as well. But if you want to get just esports-related info, we have a Twitter or X now, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Twitter X. Twitter. Sure. We have a Twitter, yep. a TikTok, a YouTube, and a Twitch. Uh, if you put in IWCC underscore esports on Twitter, 
and uh, TikTok. You'll find us on there. IWCC Esports on YouTube. Watch some of our past highlights, some of our past games. And then our Twitch. We stream live on game days, which is every day of the week in mid-September we'll be starting. Is twitch.tv slash iowawesterncc. Okay. And I think we're also using this. Are we using Iowa Western broadcasting students for like the casting of the games and stuff, yeah. I believe? We'll use our yeah. broadcasting students to do play-by-play and uh, other streaming things. And, of course, our athletes will do some stuff, too. Yeah, we're trying to make this as a way for the students in, in other aspects to also get experience at live events. Okay. You know, so like last, I think last mage, it was, um, I know hot sauce. Hot was sauce was there. Yeah. Hot dude, sauce that was dude's... casting. He's, he's good. He's good, man. <laughs> um, I mean, his, his into windows and, and what he does, he's good. Yeah. He's, he's very good at what he does, but we wanted to offer those opportunities to up and coming broadcasting students at Iowa Western. So it's just another extension of the college providing opportunities to their students who are in locally, these. which is what I like. Yeah, you guys are trying to get, get the Iowa-Nebraska connection. For yourself, when it comes to recruiting, just get you out on this question for recruiting. Is it somewhere people present videos? Is it just like that part of the college experience where if I want to come play for Iowa Western, I better have a, a few videos here to show you what I can do? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Uh, we actually have a ton of highlight videos that we put together that we would send out to recruits if needed. Most of the time when recruiting, they come to me. They're like, hey, I want to play esports. And if I ever have a person that's kind of like on the line, I just say, hey, come check out our gaming center. And as soon as they see that, they're like, okay, yeah. They're sold. Yeah, I'm sold. All right. Because you're not getting that at the other colleges around here, at least in the junior level. It's it's one of a kind. And Chase, for you, before we get you out of here on this one, what what is it now being going from the professional to the, the college that really – brought you in and want to be a part of a team like Iowa Western? Um, I was looking, originally I was looking for opportunities in local area. So gaming is very big on the coasts, right? That's where we see all the huge gaming events. That's where we're seeing PAX. That's where we're seeing TwitchCon, you know. Um, But the Midwest kind of gets left out, right? And that was the purpose of Mage, was to bring gaming events to the Midwest because we don't see them very often. And I was... Uh, in my role with the Pioneers, I obviously don't live in Kansas City. Most of that role is done remotely here in Omaha. And I just wanted to find a way to impact the local scene. And um, I ended up talking with Ian and, and Shane. And they came down to Kansas City because we were doing uh, Midwest Fest down there. The Pioneers were. And they came and visited that. And, you know, we just kind of had a conversation. And I, they were like, oh, Ian's moving to assistant. Uh, athletic director and it'll be open we're looking for more coaches and i was like who do i talk to like i live five minutes from the college and he was like let's have a conversation and i a week later i came back i sat down and you know i was able to meet them and so far it's it's been dynamite like i've loved every moment of it just standing there working with the league of legends team and the rocket league guys and you know working with the staff i western so far has been beautiful i just like the connection that i already know that you have outside of here and being able to bring it back to here we'll get you guys out of here on this you're obviously a gunfighter national champion what is next for you what are you hoping to achieve beyond that i mean because once you get this big ring right here let me say that again big ring it's just like a super bowl ring i mean yeah bill's gonna have to take that up close what's next for you hagan So this this semester, I'm still doing gunfight. We have a lot of gunfight teams, and I have a new teammate, so I'll have to get back. We're practicing getting that chemistry down. And now I'm also in 4v4, like the main COD thing that everyone usually knows of. Hopefully make it pretty far in that, but that one's a little more competitive, but we'll see. I like the team we have now, and we've been practicing like crazy. So I'd hope to get some more championships, and then I'm also in Overwatch, so we'll see where that goes as well. I would say that the Call of Duty team probably grinds more than any other team that we have. I see them in the Discord at all times of the day, all times of the night. Like you almost have to be on that one. I mean, you're you're constantly working on that shot. You're working on an angle. You're working on on the spots. You know where you can go and where you need to stay away from. That's all stuff you work on by yourself. When you're together, you got to work on working with the other people, calling out stuff. Yeah, figuring out where to go in different places. Now, see, when you go to bed at 9 o'clock, it's a little tough to be 
on that ground. All right. Oh. Well, we're going to go and get you out of here on this, Keller. What is your next step? Obviously, Mario Kart champion. What's next for you? What are you hoping to get from this year? Well, obviously looking for another championship. Um, it's going to take probably equal the amount of work I did last semester. I put in over 100 hours of practice time. I think it's going to take probably around that same amount. Uh, don't know how many players from the last season are returning, but there's some scary big names out there. And I've got one other guy going tier one with me. And so far, he's pretty good. He needs a little bit more practice with me, but I think he'll be on par with me by the time competition starts. Well, I greatly appreciate Iowa Western and their esports team coming out, not only showing the ring, showing their championships, but also giving you a, one piece of advice of how esports can get you money, not only for college, but beyond. But you have to work at it just like anything else in life. Once again, Wired Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Dub Omar. We'll see you next time. Heard at Sports Network Production.